All right, welcome back to the On the Hunt podcast. This is Luke Mize sitting here, and to my left I got Mr. Dustin Kitchens. And then in front we have a new special guest tonight, Mr. Jacob Childers. Do you like being introduced as that, or do you prefer most excellent? Uh, you Just keep it simple. Okay. All right. All right, we can do that, but... Good to have you today, Mr. Jacob. Thank Good you. to see you again, Mr. Luke. And we have um, uh, a missing person today. We have had a, a round of ice and snow. And so uh, Trey was um, gets nervous and has anxiety kicks in real bad when he's when it's when it's icy and stuff outside. So he's scared to get on the roads. So he's not here with us today, and uh, we're. We don't know how bad much he's going to miss, but we're going to put a, a um, picture of him in a, in a, get it framed and keep it here. So when when he's not here, we'll just be able to put it in a chair and put it aside and kind of just, uh, just you know, just kind of like us hoping and wishing that he was with us. You kinda know, like, kind of like he's with us in spirit. Uh, I mean, kind of. If, you, if you're into all that, yeah. You know, but, but yeah, man, we've had a round of like ice and ice and snow. Uh, Sunday after church, as soon as it, it, it the church was over, it just started coming down out of, like pretty quickly. We didn't know what we were going to do Sunday night um, for our church stuff. We do Sunday night, so we had to kind of play it by ear, and it ended up it started pretty pretty quickly and profusely, and it uh, come down with um, with some heat for a while, and pretty much iced everything over. And got really, really cold, really, really quick, and uh, yeah, it's been a, a pretty eventful week. Uh, the kids have been out of school; they're loving that, and our wives are not. Y'all's wives all right? Yeah, mine's going insane. Yeah, your wife is going insane, Jacob. You just probably haven't talked to her about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you should probably communicate a little bit more with yeah, her. You know what I mean? But I'm here with y'all. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you'll you'll yeah, you can't do that. I got I got one kid home with strep right now, and and the other one, five years old, running around crazy. The other one's here. Yep. Everybody's sick because of the weather. You know, it goes up and down. Tennessee weather is is quite eventful. We had, um, you know, pretty decent weather last week. It was kind of, you know, it was a little chilly. And then we had a really pretty day last week. It was like, was it last week? It was like 60. It was really pretty outside. And then uh, then obviously the forecast come out, and it's going to be single digits. So um, it's got to single digits. Sunday night or Monday, and then Tuesday, and then last night got you know uh, cold again, and then it warmed up, warmed up yesterday, warmed up today, got above freezing, kinda, and then um, they're supposed to get it back down to single digits again the, for the weekend, and then next week, uh, one of the days is high right around sixty, and the low is in the forties, so uh, everybody'll be sick again next week just because of the the weather changing, but today. I uh, woke up, it was sleeting, so we had a little bit of snow melt off yesterday, and now we have um, ice and sleet that came on top of it, and it froze this afternoon, and it was like slicker than, than you know what. It, it was it pretty was slick. Look, we, yeah. had, we had four semi-trucks lose control, jackknife in front of the shop today at work. Yeah. Like, it, it was pretty rough. Yeah, so... Kids will be out all week, looks like. Uh, I know they will be because tomorrow's Friday and they're out. So um, we've been cooped up in here. And then obviously the plumbing calls have been going crazy. 
um, people's pipes are busting and all that. Our houses aren't built for for single digits. You went to work the other day. What did you say it was? Negative two. I got up at 2.30 in the morning because my heater was froze. So I turned on the gas fireplace. At 5.30 in the morning, I got up and went upstairs with my wife's hair dryer and started thawing out pipes. Still didn't get it all the way cleaned out before before I left to go to work. But I got it good enough to where once the sun come out and hit the roof pretty good, it, it kicked back on. But it was a negative two whenever I got up at 2.30 in the morning. The house was like, my room was probably high 50s. It, it, it was pretty cold. Your room? Yeah. Why was your room 50? Oh, because, it because went, of the, the heat, heat went out. And yeah, so we got two big windows in our room. And oh, it was not cool. Oh, yeah, I'd be snuggled up to mama if it's 50 <laughs> degrees. Yeah. Well, whenever you got a sick kid, he kind of ends up in the middle sometimes. Yeah. yeah, that's bad. All right, man. Jacob, tell us a little bit about yourself, brother. Well, uh, <clears throat> I am 30 years old. Uh, let's see. I You don't look a day over 22. Really? Uh, yeah. If I shave this beard, yeah. I would look like a kid, but uh, me and a good friend of mine, we own a local automotive shop here in Tipton County. Um, I have a wife, uh, Caitlin. I have two beautiful little girls, uh, Caitlin Grace and Charlotte Faith, uh, four and six years old. Um, good friends with Dustin and Luke. Uh, we go to church together and a lot of time together uh we fish together and hunt together uh not really with you that much luke you don't invite y'all, me y'all are too cool no he y'all, has y'all are too cool he's got he's spots got, man yeah he's got good spots no, and it's, that just, ain't it. it's it, private okay it is it it <laughs> absolutely is it <laughs> that ain't it that it, ain't it. it it is it never one time have we ever had a conversation about anybody sliding in over there with y'all and hunting R- right or wrong no you're right about that okay Continue, Jacob. <laughs> uh, oh man, I'm just that. glad. I'm just glad. Last time you introduced me, we was acquaintances, <laughs> but yeah. now we're friends. So, what's your name again? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, let's see here. Ask me another question. Something. What about your What about your childhood, man? Um, you know your faith. Talk about your. You know, kind of. I mean, obviously, the, the point of our podcast every week is for us to. Have people on, kind of chew the fat, talk through what's going on in life, and then also, you know, kind of talk about salvation and how the Lord's changed you and, uh, you know, where he pretty much got you to this point where you're at right now. Yeah. Um, Man, I could spend days just thinking about where I'm at today uh, from the Lord, but, um, you know, pretty okay childhood. Uh you know, separated parents. Um, I grew up in different churches and uh, a little bit of confusion there. Um, but, you know, I had basic knowledge of God and who he was. Um, let's see here. Just different denominations? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it can get pretty confusing when you go, you know, to a bunch of different places. Right, yeah. right. Uh, but other than that, 
just regular childhood, I guess. Uh, see my wife. I met my wife in high school. She and I were friends. We didn't start dating until 2013. Got married in 2016. What What was your pickup line? Oh, so I, I'm, I'm hoping she'll listen to this because she's <laughs> going to get a good laugh. But I remember, like, telling her, like, you're going to be my future ex-wife one day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we <we'd laughs> scored. <laughs> and, and that same night, I mean, I was an idiot. I was, like, you know, she was a good friend of mine. I was scared to, like, cross that line of, you know, dating. And I, like, my buddy was like, you better go uh, give her a hug or something and tell her bye. And I went outside. And I, I regret this. And I was like, hey, if anybody asked us something, I gave you a hug bye. And I just walked back in the house. So. Mad game, dude. Yeah. I know. I you, mean, let, you just let her, like yearn for more you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. and uh i, I mean, can't wait till i actually really get to hug jacob <laughs> yeah oh yeah she let she let me have it and you know i guess it took that for me to realize what the next step was in our relationship ask and her to be your future ex-wife and that was beforehand but anyways enough of that you know well, we, we do not on this <coughs> podcast we do not um we know God does not like divorce, and so we don't. We don't either. So this is just a joke, you know. Yeah, well, and, I, and, I was, <laughs> and I was not living my life for the Lord at that time. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess I really, um, I used to drink a lot, and I, I guess in 2019, I stopped drinking, and. Is that is that too soon? No, that's no, perfect. You're good. Okay, all right. We're just gonna just get to the nitty gritty. Um, but you know, I I, I wanted to start to uh, you know everybody has like a moral compass written on their heart, and you know right from wrong. And you know I'd gotten I guess really nowhere in my life, uh, so I started to read scripture on my own and try to learn the best I could by myself and this was before or after you got married after I got married yeah we uh we got married in 2016 and uh we had a wedding planned but her family being split mine being split it was just very difficult to orchestrate a wedding and not have any conflict so we uh I guess the correct word would be eloped is that right Yep. We yep. went to Gatlinburg, and I didn't have a lot of money at the time. Did you get married by Elvis? No, uh, even better. So it's like a little, we went to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and there's like a little white chapel church. And I bought the cheapest package they had, and it was called the Get Her Done Package. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Oh, this is awesome. Yeah, and... uh my wife's grandmother did not like that. Uh, so she upgraded the package. I think it came with a DVD and maybe a, a coffee mug. What was but, it called? Uh, it it didn't sound so trashy. So it wasn't like the really getting her done package? <laughs> right, yeah, right. Get her done part it, two. It sounded professional. Okay. Um, so we got it done. And would you, would, would you, uh, did you have a big, nice like diamond ring that you, you proposed we gave her or what what was that uh yes um she had a nice ring i actually sold one of my trucks to buy this ring uh and 
she ordered me like a, a silicone ring. It didn't come in in time. So she gave me a keychain ring. Um, so not really a keychain ring, just a keychain. Yeah, like just the keychain, like you attach keys together with. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty sure in our pictures, like, you know how you like put your hands together? <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to find it. but Please do. Yeah, Please so do. her oh, nice man. shiny ring and my little <laughs> keychain. Keychain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it worked, man. Yeah. yeah. It's all good. Now look at you. I know. Yep. Um, so, uh, back to me. Let's see here. 2016, you got married, you said. Right. You said you had some bad habits and whatnot. And, yep. Um, I think you, you uh, kind of earlier we were talking beforehand, you said, you know, your dad passed away, one of your best friends passed away, and, you know, you were drinking pretty, you know, heavy during all that, and then you eventually kind of got you to the, brought you to the end of yourself where you, you said you quit drinking, right? Yep. Yeah. And uh, what year was that? 2019. Gotcha. Yeah, 2019. And I, I started, I guess you could say, in a way, I was lukewarm. Like, I wasn't fully committed, you know. Like, it was a lot of, I had, like, a m- misunderstanding of how salvation works. You know, it was, at that time, like, all these works, and I need to do this and this and this, or whatnot and uh i had a i guess i went blind like three times over the years and my last one i had a uh cornea transplant and i was like out of work for three months i did not my wife did not work she stayed home with the babies and like there was just bills and everything like there was no way i could do anything and I remember just being in a lot of pain and suffering and you know the Lord was there for me through that I did not deserve it and uh, you know he got me through it because it was literally impossible for me to do anything uh, and I you know I gave my life to him you know I was, I'll do anything I'll follow you till I die and glorify you with everything I do. So that's what I've done since then. And uh, found a great church family, met you guys. Uh, And another thing, I guess, you know, my children, I sent them to like a Christian daycare. And, you know, they were coming home, you know, telling me about Jesus and, you know, Bible stories. And they would ask me questions that I didn't really know the answer to. And I, you know, realized I wasn't necessarily doing the right thing by teaching them. So we, you know, went to different churches and tried to find the right one. There was nothing wrong with the ones we went to, um, but I did not want to just. I wanted to try a few out before I just dedicated, you know, because that that was a big deal. Like I didn't think I would ever go to a church. Uh, so I wanted to make sure it was, you know, I wanted to find the right one myself, not being told like, hey, this is the one you need to go to, this or that. Um, so found a church with y'all, and I love it. I mean, y'all are, 
like family. So I'm very thankful. Uh, yeah, man. That's good, man. That's awesome. Uh, I, you know, we, I think we, a lot of us have, you know, just being in the Bible Belt, we, a lot of us have stories like that where we grew up in it and heard it and know about it, but really didn't, you know, come to the end of ourselves. And, uh, you know, the Lord's got to turn the lights on for us, man. Um, the, the, our eyes got to be opened, our ears got to be opened, our hearts got to be softened. And it doesn't always happen immediately. Some people come to, come to Christ at an early age and, and really live it. You know, and li- really, you know, follow the Lord. I I know people that I, you know, remember knowing when I was younger that went to church even with me and loved the Lord from a young age. And uh, based upon what I've witnessed in their life, just the fruit in their life, they've uh, they really from a, from a young age just obeyed God. And and uh, but some of us takes a while. So unfortunately, we we make a mess of ourselves, and you know, through whatever it may be, years drinking and acting crazy and, and you know just doing whatever you wanted to do and eventually through your um you know through that and your the death took place your friends your dad and um you know then your your vision messing up and then going blind like that you know brought you to the end of yourself so you know we all have kind of some some stories uh me too and you know doing the same thing kind of all my mess that i did and Lord allowed me to, to, to act crazy, uh, to, to bring me to the end of myself too. But um, Lord saves us all kind of different ways, you know. So whenever He turns lights on for us, I'm grateful that when it, whenever He does it for all of us, it's awesome. Uh, Luke, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. You you know you're driving in a car, riding down the road when you come to the end of yourself, and me, I was walking down a sidewalk. Um, doing something, you know, that on a spiritual retreat that I didn't want to be on, and um, I was lost and come to the end of myself there. And I just love hearing people's stories because you don't ever know, man, uh, how God saves people, you know, from from different backgrounds, all different kind of ways. And whenever it's, whenever he, you know, whenever he calls on you, man, it's a, um, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to watch the Lord, you know, transform somebody. So I'm glad that, I'm glad that you. Um, you know, ended up with us, man. I'm excited. I'm thankful for you. Uh, we went to, he went to church there. He's, he's real, you know, he's real shy. Um, right, Jacob? Yeah. So. I'm getting better. Yeah, you're getting, you're, you're getting, you're getting good. Um, a lot better as, even as we're talking right now, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, you're doing but, a lot better than Palm still sweaty <laughs> over there. <laughs> but, but no, man, we, you went to church with us for like six months and I couldn't ever really get anything out of you, but to, hey, you know, so I'd shake your hand. Hey, how are you doing? And. I try to track everybody down that comes to church, you know, as they walk out, especially if they're new. And so he was new for like six months and just never would speak. And then eventually we finally, you know, kind of um, got to where we could talk a little bit. I don't even know what, what, what y'all did the first time. I don't know if we went up to, to lunch or something like that. But now he don't even talk to us whenever we walk out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say, like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was a little uncomfortable, you know, going to church. And, like, it was difficult dodging Dustin. Like, Well, do you feel it felt almost like you was, like you were kind of convicted? Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad I talked to you, man. Now, you know, your family's close to us, man, and I love y'all, and I wouldn't want to do ministry without y'all. I'm grateful to have y'all 
Um, I do know, and I can confirm, that you are blind still, kind of, <laughs> sort of. I mean, the Lord healed you um, enough to see, but at driving after um, hours of, you know, 5.30 p.m. or before 6 a.m. is a dangerous thing. Uh, Jacob asked me to go to the, the eye doctor with him one time. You ever told you that story? No, I ain't heard this one. This is great. So he said, hey, I need you to take me to the eye doctor if you can. So I was going to fulfill my pastoral duties and take him. So we drove to Memphis. I was like, I'm, I'm going to drive you. He's like, yeah, I didn't understand what was going on. I just thought he wanted me to go with him. And, and he said, yeah, they got to dilate my eyes. And so they got to do an eye exam, just check me or whatever. And so uh, he said, I want you to go back there with me when we go. So all right, that's cool. So I went back there to the back. And we sat there, was waiting. And then he had to go into there, go in. And he knew the... The, the you know obviously he's been in there so much with his eye tr- um, his cornea transplants and all that that they know him well and uh, the eye doctor's like yeah up to this date that's the worst case of uh, you know somebody's eye that I've ever seen in my life since I've been you know practicing you know so he's like telling them how bad it was and telling me how bad it was so anyway he goes and does his eye exam and he's like like can you cover your right your your right eye or whatever it may have been like and and look through your left it's like yeah so he did and. And so he's only like five, six foot from this thing on the wall, and I'm sitting there and I'm like watching the big, the letter, yeah, the big letter, the letter chart, you, you yeah. know what I'm saying, like you do yeah. the, the DMV. So he's going through all that. And he's like, uh, "Can you read that?" So he splits it off real quick. This big, you know, I'm talking like three inch tall letters or yeah. numbers, right? Then he goes, "All right, second line," and it's probably two inch letters. And then he goes to the third line. He's like, "Uh," and they're big too, you know, inch <laughs> yeah. and a half. So like, uh. Uh, it's like I'm like looking <laughs> over there at him and then looking back. I was like, How's this man not, not say that? I mean, that's like <laughs> yeah. huge, you know. And so she, he's like, Can I use the um peepholes? And so there's this thing that you can slide this like shield over that has like little bitty peepholes in it, like little pinholes or whatever. That way you, you can it, focus in, you can focus in on it. So he did that and he could read them off a little bit. And then the next one, the next line, it was just toast, like, no way, it didn't matter what he had. So I left there pretty much 100% um, convinced that... You're driving everywhere. Yeah, but then the other day he, he took River on a juvenile hunt um, the other morning, and so uh, he had a... His truck wasn't... something. Like the, I don't know if he lent his truck out to somebody or was at the shop or something, but he had to come get come get my truck. And I was like, oh. Is that how that little dent got uh, in front of I it? haven't. I haven't done a... <laughs> I haven't done a 10-point inspection yet afterward, yeah. but it, hey, it's fine. Yeah, that 24 Duramax has got yeah. plenty of power. Yeah. <laughs> what about uh, what about that 7-point he couldn't see in the back of the truck whenever y'all went and picked him up that day? Yeah, that was a that was a great story. He had a he had a um he had his, his suburban. He's got a big suburban four-wheel drive suburban. He drove all the way to uh, it's about two hours from here. Is it Henderson? I guess it is from 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 here. And and I was um I I was hunting like in Somerville, which is about an hour. From where he was at, about an hour from the house, and then he he's like, "Hey, I need a favor." It's like, "All right, what's that?" And he said, "I need you to come get me." So I broke down this morning. Way he said, "I think I don't know what ha- he didn't know what hook, what took place. He thought his axle come apart or something like that." So anyway, he ended up uh, he ended up finding out that his brake caliper come apart and like cut his rim in half or something crazy. But he ended up having to drag his you know one tire just <laughs> all the way to where he was hunting. So it happened right when he right when he's almost there. But I drove all the way there, and River killed seven points that morning. Had it back of the truck, and it's like River's like, "Hey, I'm not gonna tell Mr. Jacob that I killed that deer. I'm gonna make sure he sees it." 
and, uh, and, and, and he never did. And he was like, you blind? What's wrong with him? He can't see the... And he can see that, but he just, did, he just didn't see it, so it was funny. I, th- for him, I think the tailgate was down, too. Yeah, it was like... It was like, <laughs> like he was sitting there. He yeah, walk like, by it. He yeah. would river stone his head, like, you can't believe me. He's in the deer. <laughs> you know, he wanted to, like, you know, brag or whatever about it, but it was pretty, pretty funny. All right, man. Well, glad to have you here today. We have uh, come to uh, find out, you know, just through prayer, and I think this is what I was, you know, kind of trying to figure out what we were going to do going forward. We, we knew last week we, we covered what we were talking about in men's group, so we're going to talk about something else today. Uh, just start a book of the Bible, and we're going to start in the New Testament uh, today. And we're just going to verse by verse through the, uh, through the Scriptures and go through um, a, a book and in the Bible. So we have have chosen Philippians, so we'll be in Philippians today, and they will give you a little bit of background, kind of give you a, a rundown of what Philippians is, and, and the writer, and when, and why, and, and all of that. And uh, we're going to try to cover 1 through 11, but we're going to try to keep this, you know, under an hour, um, hopefully. So we'll see how far we, we get, because there's a lot, of, a lot of context here and stuff that we need to go through. Uh, so we'll be in Philippians uh, today, and we will be in Philippians until we are not in Philippians anymore. So we're just going to go verse by verse, exposit it, and kind of just teach through this so we better understand um, the book of uh, Philippians. You want to give us a little bit of context, Luke? Yeah, man, that ain't no problem. You want me to You want me to read the passage first, or you want me to give a little background first? Whatever you want to do, man, I'm good, whatever. All right. I'm going to go ahead and read the passage here, uh, 1 through 11, and then we'll uh, give a little backstory on it. And we might not get there. Uh, really good possibility that we won't get to the first two verses, but yeah. at least we'll, we'll the know. Peop- the people know for next time. Yeah. So the letter of Paul to the Philippians. Greeting. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanksgiving and prayer. I thank my God and all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it, will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you, for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent. And so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Yeah, we ain't getting through that. No. We are not getting through that. All right. So, um, again, let's just do a little bit of a, a, a recap on, on this. Not a recap, but a context. Just kind of setting up the uh, setting up the scene and knowing who... Who Paul is, um, a man that was radically changed. Uh, was a was a Pharisee, was a 
a Jew of Jews, a Hebrew of Hebrews. We know that he was um, um, trained under Gamaliel, which was an expert in Jewish law. So he was, he, um, he was a, like a skin, a Jew of Jews, and he was on the road uh, to Damascus to go persecute Christians. And as he was, was doing so, you know, trying to put it into Christianity, the Lord pretty much knocked him off his feet and radically saved him. Um, he could, he could see. Uh, well, he was blinded, but then he obviously would just could could see and understand and hear and 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 understand what the gospel um, was. And obviously, we know responded to the gospel and believed that, that Jesus was the Messiah, and was uh, radically changed. And from there, um, spend the rest of his life, you know, proclaiming the gospel all around the world, planting churches, and doing some 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 incredible stuff. So. Uh, just just a little bit of context. Um, the church in Philippi there that was was planted um, was planted on Paul's second missionary uh, journey. And what ended up happening um, is that they call it the uh, the Macedonian call, where um, Paul got to the the, the banks of of a place called uh, Troas, and as he was there, he had a um, had a dream, and that he was supposed to, you know, to go over and and share the gospel into this this area uh, that had not yet been reached, which was what Macedonia. Ain't that how you say it, Macedonia? Yep. Which was, you know, was in an area. Um, uh, you know, in, in, in Europe, right? So it, we know that he's in, like, um, Asia area going over to, uh, to Europe, and he obviously had this, had this dream that, that he was supposed to go over across the waters and, and to preach there. And so that's what he ended up doing. He, um, he traveled across um, the, the waters there and... Uh, as he did so, we know that he was he was met by a a lady there uh, named um, Lydia, right? Yep, named Lydia, Lydia. and yeah. she was a, a seller of purple goods or uh, just sold. Um, is that why purple is your favorite color? No, not my favorite color at all, <laughs> at all. But that's what she. I mean, it was just a. She sold eloquent, eloquent things. It's just called purple goods. It's purple. I don't. I don't you have to look into to that a little bit more. But anyway, she was the the first person really, you know, converted in in that area. Um, and so we're, we're just we should all be grateful, you know, obviously that that he went across there, um, because um, you know now the gospel has reached that that area. So he he ended up eventually planting a church there. And as he planted a church in that area, he um, uh, things were going pretty well uh, for a, for a while. Uh, but then he he started having this this woman that started following him around. And as the woman started following him around, was kind of uh, she was actually uh, possessed, and so she had this um, uh, this I wouldn't call it a gift. I guess this um, way where she could. Pretty much, kind of like fortune telling. Yeah, 
And that's yeah. uh, remember Miss Cleo. She <laughs> <laughs> yeah. could pay money to, and then yeah. she would tell you, you know, just a she was like a fortune teller. That's like in Book of Acts. Like yeah. Little yeah. Yeah, yeah, I want to say it's in Acts 16. Yeah. Yeah. So in Acts 16, yep she, she um she had the ability or was was um was able to foretell, you know, just doing storytelling stuff or whatever, and uh, what she was doing uh, was walking around pretty much yelling and saying that these men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation, and um which was right. They were people who were servants of the Most High God, and they were compl- were proclaiming the way. But she was not willing to accept the testimony. It wasn't from the heart. Yeah, it wasn't. Yes. So because she was possessed by an evil spirit, so what happened is the, 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 um, uh, Paul, they, they, they ended up um, casting out the, the demon from her, and those who owned her, actually were making money off of her. And so they got a little mad because they lost their income. And so they threw a big, you know, mess. They threw a big fit and they, they dragged him and Silas into the, the marketplace to, uh, to face representatives of Rome. And so they ended up obviously getting um, locked up from there. Uh, so you have uh, that, that big story that, that took place. And um, then you also have, the, the big story uh, also in in around Act six, 16 Act 16 as well where um, uh, we know the Philippian jailer so they were they were in jail like an earthquake or something yeah, yeah. at midnight while uh, Paul and Silas they were they were praying and singing praises to God so just think about it they're in prison in jail they're still worshiping. Nothing stopping their worship, right? They're in there worshiping, and then uh, suddenly, because you know, during that time, there was a, a great earthquake, and that all the doors of the prison um, opened up, causing the prisoners' chains to to fall off. Mm-hmm. And so the jailer, thinking that the prisoners had escaped, what would happen is if you were um, a jailer and a jailer actually escaped under you, then they would. You, you, your punishment would be put on to him. Yeah. So he knew all this was fixing to go down, and so he was, like, fixing to kill himself. He's like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm fixing to stab himself yeah. with his sword. Yeah. 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 Didn't he come to Christ, though? He did, so that's that's what that is. It's, it's, the, it's a, a great convert that took place there. So um, from that, you know, it just shows you how God works all things. Yeah, even, like, you know, the worst situation is yeah. just... So he's going around, this crazy woman's going around screaming and hollering and yelling. Then the people, he casts the demon out. Then from there, the, their, his people, her, her owners are mad. He gets thrown in jail. Why is he in jail? He's praising and thanking God just and praying. And his chains fall off through the earthquake. Then this prison guard, you know, comes to, uh, to, to fall on his knees pretty much to kill himself. And then... Um, he pretty much says, "Hey, look, I'm, I haven't escaped. I have not fled. I'm still, I'm still here. Don't, don't do that." Then the jailer cried out, "Hey, what must I do to be saved? Like, what, what, how, you know, help me." So we know that um, his, you know, his answer was, "Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you'll be saved." Uh, so through that, we know that you know God won another, another soul and. And Philippi's family come to Christ, so it's really cool how how all of that 
had taken place. So um, what ended up kind of happening uh, from, from there, we know that after that church was, was planted um, years later, about 10 years later. That, that church was the first ever church in Europe, too, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was in like A.D. 48. Is when something the, like that, or forty eight to fifty one, somewhere in there. When was uh, what we're going over now? Was it like AD sixty one, uh, Philippians? Yeah, uh, AD yeah sixty one, sixty two. Yeah. So, if you do the math, so you just said the church in Europe, that first church in Philippi, which was the first church in Europe, um, was planted when? Saying uh, AD forty eight to AD 40, 50. 48 to fifty one, somewhere in that time range. All right. And then so around 10 years later is when uh, this was was written, the letter was. So um, the letter was written by, obviously, uh, Paul. Um, and he wrote, the, he wrote it to the Philippians while he was in prison again. So we know he went to prison while he was in Philippi. And then now he is in Rome, and he is in uh, prison again, writing, you know, back to them, kind of letting them know what's going on. And and really through this passage today, we see like a big praise and a thanksgiving, and just um, uh, just rejoicing, you know, that uh, for for that church and what God has done there. Uh, what really kind of took place is they. Um, when he was in prison, they the Philippians heard that that Paul was in prison, and so they were always faithful to him, and they were always a supporter of him, and so they sent obviously an offering, like get the gift of money to him, and to to take care of him, and um, we know that uh, Epaphroditus was the one who was commissioned pretty much to take it to him. And you know he was just very thankful that that the people were that that brought this you know money to him so uh, and and was always there supporting them so uh, he goes out and pretty much writes this letter uh, to them just a prayer you know just thanking them in the very beginning of what, and and really uh, it's just he's just grateful for the work of God that's been taking place in that in that church. Can you imagine, though, he was there a short time period, and 10 years later, they went over to see him in prison, or they sent somebody to see him and sent him off there yep. for what for what for he's what, done. For what he's done. Yeah. Which is really awesome. Um, I mean, he. one of the cool things is if you look in the very beginning there, we don't have to jump all the way into that yet, but I will kind of bring that up. Um, how does he, you know, in that first verse, how does he introduce himself there? Servants of Christ Jesus. Well, what's he saying? Like, as far as his name, he just. Uh, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. Mine says servants. slaves of Christ. Some may, some versions will say like bond servant or. Yeah. Well, what a point I'm bringing up is just that a lot of times when he would write to write these letters or these epistles, epistles just a letter, he would introduce himself so people who were reading it uh, knew who he was. 
Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus. And so he skips that there. Obviously, they know who he is because they just brought him an offering. Mm-hmm. So he's he they he um, holds a, a you know a close place in his heart for them in that church and the work of the Lord there. But he also knows that they feel the same way about him because they just brought him an offering. So um, when he when he introduces himself, he kind of just he handles the the uh, the letter a little differently because um, he he loves them already knows them. they know they know him he knows them uh, and they you know they have a great relationship so he doesn't have to remind them who he is because they he knows that they know um, you got anything else kind of context wise there Luke um, well also the uh, the letter itself is different than other letters that he wrote to other places because some places it was he was writing to as like um, as uh, false teaching type things going on and and this letter is different just commending them really and and being thankful for them yeah it starts off as uh, I guess a prayer yeah but want to jump into this first verse here yeah we can this was uh just before we get there, this is one of another one of his. So uh, he has uh, prison epistles, and then obviously not a non-prison uh, epistles. So Ephesians, uh, Colossians, Philemon, and and Philippians was uh, was written from from prison, and then put that put that into perspective. Yeah, so I mean he's in prison and writing letters. Yep. about the gospel you know he wrote a major part of the bible from prison yeah well not only that like how far he's going to serve christ like he's getting put in prison and then soon put to death for serving christ right you know like put yourself in that shoes would you be doing the same thing in prison like i mean i'm i'm scared to be on a podcast <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he uh we we think this was he was in prison for around two years uh, in Rome. So during that time, we we think that the the, the scripture you know kind of gives us a little bit of um, a little info there to show us that this is probably the end of his time there. So in in one fourteen it says, and most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. And so kind of gives you an idea uh, that obviously it shows you that he's in prison, and then it tells you that because of his imprisonment, the time that he has spent there now, um, because of the work that he's doing and what he's been teaching and what he's been encur- how he's been encouraging other people, now they're boldly proclaiming the gospel. And so you're thinking it's towards the end of that that time. That's where you end up getting that you know, that A.D. 61 is is because they're thinking it's not when he right when he went into Rome, uh, into prison. It was like later on during that time frame. Uh, so, so yeah, man, we can go ahead, jump into to one, um, and you know, stop pretty pretty quickly because there's a a lot here in the the first two verses. Yeah, I'll go ahead and read one and two again. Um, Paul and Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, 
to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, so the first thing that, you know, obviously we want to look at uh, is the, who, they, who they identify themselves as. So we know Paul, and then we know Timothy. Timothy is, is who? We followed Paul on missionary journeys. It's the uh, how many missionary journeys? Well, he went on. He went on. Um, he was like Paul's right hand man, ain't he? Yeah. So he went. He he, he was picked up by Paul. Paul and Barnabas. Um, they had a, a disagreement uh, on on their on one of the missionary second missionary journey. Um, Paul wanted to go south. No, Paul wanted to go north. Barnabas wanted to go south. They had a kind of a, a disagreement there where they just wasn't going to go the same direction. Paul wanted to, uh, I mean, um, Barnabas wanted to take John Mark. He didn't want to take John Mark because he said, hey, he abandoned us on our, fir- our first journey. And so they just had a disagreement on direction. And Barnabas went one way, Paul went the other, and then eventually he picked up uh, Timothy. And Timothy became his successor, his spiritual son, um, he refers to him as a son. He pretty much, you know, taught him everything that, that he knew. Um, you know, Second Timothy um, says that the things that you've heard from me and many reliable witnesses to teach these things to faithful men who will be able to do the same unto others. And so he poured, he, he, he poured his life into Timothy so Timothy could turn around and do it the same to the people that were faithful just like timothy was faithful so they would be able to teach it to other people that were faithful so the faithful to the faithful to the faithful to the faithful you know is what what was and taking place here we are today from yeah the faithful the yeah. faithful the faithful biblical discipleship is what it is and so you see that pretty clearly there in the text real real early that you know somebody that's that's um i think it's awesome how he doesn't ever he never leaves he doesn't leave timothy out of things he lets you know he he, he lets people know that you know they're a team um, that's that's serving God together, and is um, you know has got the same mindset, same goals. So, um, but it, but he but he on this uh, section right here, he refers to himself as uh, them too as as being servants of of Christ Jesus. Now, other translations, you know, you'll have different. They'll they'll they always. Um, change that people you know different translations read different things but this is saying you know servants uh, which you know translates to to uh, something a little bit deeper something a little bit more more serious something like bond bond servants yeah which is like um, almost like a slave yeah uh it is. It, so when you look, you know, up the original text there, um, the original text, the, the Greek word there is doulos, which is a, which is a slave. So you can, you can find that all throughout Scripture, and he's making sure that that people understand and know that he is um, pretty much committed and sold out to Christ. Yep, that he that he is a, a, a servant of the Lord, and. Um, he makes sure that he lets people know that's what they are doing, that's who they are, uh, and it's something that they are 
are doing because of what Christ has done for, for them. And to be a servant of the Lord's almost like being that's kind of like the highest the highest honor you could have, you know, to show to show the Lord, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I think people I think people miss that that part of it um, uh, for sure. What a what an honor to be able to 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 say that right um, that I am a servant of of Christ Jesus now. If we were servants of, of Jacob, Childers here, um, that would be cool. Right. You like but, your tea sweet or unsweet? But but what about the honor of actually being able to say that the most high, you know, like Christ Jesus himself, that is who I work for. Know, so he, it's a, it's a privilege, right, to be able to do that. And and Paul done that every day. Well, even you know Paul's background, like he persecuted, killed Christians, and look at him now. It's just, it amazes me. Like even now today, you know the people that like their background is just who Christ can use or, you know, who serves him. I mean, that just says so much right there. And then going back into saying, uh, you know, how it, you know, helped people share the gospel with Paul being in prison. Like that gave them, uh, what's the correct word? Confidence or, you know, it says a lot. It does. So the word here, when you look at the word servant, just think about that. I'm not saying it's a terrible translation um, because it, it, I mean, it's a, it's a translation because that's, that's what it is. But, um, but when you look at the original text, I think what the original text says is that we need to, you know, we need to spend time looking at, at that, of what that, the word bondservant. Because if I was to say, all right, what's a servant? Uh I mean, you think of just regular everyday serving. I mean, somebody serving tables at a restaurant. Yeah, you know? yeah. Reading, reading the scripture for face value, not not actually diving into it at all. If you're reading this, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. What, what does that What does that mean? You know, it, it, like you're saying, like it just means you're doing something for the Lord, right? Yeah. Um, so if you look at the original text, doulos, the Greek word there, meaning a bond servant, it. What would you say if you were a or, or a bond slave, which is the you know means the same thing, bond bond slave or slave? Um, there's a big difference in our eyes if we're going to say, "Are you a servant? Or are you a slave?" Right? Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So, but a bond but a bond servant's like free will. Correct. Well, no. So, there a servant and, and a slave. A servant is is free to work. A servant yeah. is free to work to who, for whoever he wishes. If you're a servant and you serve someone, um, you can leave and go and do as you you wish. A slave, if you're a slave, you are you are bought. 
right? With a price. And with that price, you are then owned by that master and you no longer belong to yourself. Correct? Yeah. So there's a big difference, you know, there. So whoever purchased that person now totally owns them. So a slave is is bound by law, uh, by a master, to 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 do what he need what he should do, you know, for for that person who owns him. So Paul calls himself and Timothy the slaves of Jesus Christ. And like I said, you can use the word servant, but it translates, understand that it translates to much more than what that says. Because if you look at it as servant, it's like, ah, well, you can do if you want to, you know, and, and I don't think that for us and, and, and who we are, um, as, as we understand all that God has done for us through the person of Jesus Christ, that we can't not, you know, serve him with all that we have. Um, so Paul, he calls himself that. And if you look into the slave market back then uh, of Paul during that, that day, it kind of it shows a little bit more clearly what Paul meant when he said that he was a slave of, of, of Jesus Christ. Listen to this for a second. The slave was, was owned by his master. He was totally possessed by his master, um, was purchased and possessed by Christ. That's what Paul meant when he, when he was saying that. And that Christ had looked upon, think about this, Christ had looked upon him. Understand, this is what took place in all of our salvation. That the Lord looks upon us in our state, in the state that we were in before we were saved. And he decides to pay a very, very high price for us. And he does, right? And so he pays for us with what? You know, this with Jesus, his right? Free yeah. gift. Yeah, this this free this man, it's it's incredible, you know, kind of how that, that took place. That he looked upon us and we were we were in our in our filth in our place of need, in our place of absolutely no hope whatsoever, in this needful condition. And if you don't mind, you shared, like, on one of your ser sermons, like, how this took place. Like, if you don't mind sharing it, like, it's a great analogy, uh, like the courtroom setup that you used on, uh, like, what was due to you and what Christ did. Yeah, so... One one time, yeah, I remember that. And and I don't mean to go down a rabbit trail, but I think it fits. No, uh, it's good. not at all. So we were we were guilty, and and we have been taken to court um, because we are we are we are guilty of a of a heinous crime, many 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 heinous crimes, and the we have the the big judge God uh, reads a list of all of our charges. And we know that we are guilty of every single one. And as they are read off, you know, we obviously should stoop lower and lower and lower in our seat because we know that be what is being read is exactly what we have done. And we deserve the worst punishment 
which would be eternal damnation, eternal separation from God, no, no hope of ever being restored or being able to, to, to be free or to be able to be ransomed or be able to be redeemed in any way. And all the charges are, are read and the punishment is read off and we are guilty and should have been, you know, should be sentenced. And right before, you know, the big God, the judge God, you know, hammers his gavel down to the, the, the podium and convicts us and sentence us to eternal separation and the wrath that is due, Jesus Christ, the one that we have actually sinned against, you know, God in the flesh incarnate, steps up and says, hey, I will take all of that upon myself and set him free and, and give it all to me. And so grace that we don't deserve is God's riches at Christ's expense. Um, we have received now all that belongs to Jesus because of all that he's done. All that he's done was put on us. All that we were, we've done was put on him. And so they knew that. And so that's why he says, hey, I am a... I am a servant. Uh, I don't, I don't, it ain't about me anymore, right? Right. So the, the slave owned by his master, totally possessed by his master, and obviously we know that he looks down upon us in our state, in our needful condition, and decided still to buy us. And that's what we know that happened to to Paul, Paul being in a a state of of constant denial of the gospel, he was smart, religious guy, but he was lost. He was a Jew, and he was trying to put it into Christianity. He did not want Jesus as a Messiah, and was there. They laid their coats at the stoning of Stephen. You know, one of the the, the first deacons there, and he yeah. was there during that time. So think about his sin you know, and where he was at, and he knew, and then he knew that the Lord saved him from that. And the second thing, the slave existed for his master, and he had any other re no other reason for existence. You know, like, uh, think about your life for a moment. You two, just Luke, think about that for a moment. You, before Christ, were constantly trying to figure out what life was all about. Constantly on the chase. Yep, looking, trying to find out what what you know what your what your purpose was, what your job was, what your duty was, and so look now that you are in Christ and and the Lord has purchased you with a high price, you understand your reason, you know, to your reason for existence now. Yeah, and so because of uh, of what He's done for you, it's like hey, we don't have personal rights whatsoever like it's about him now now do we get to do the things that we want to do sure we get still get to have fun and do things and enjoy a life but it's not about us it's about you know him so he knew uh paul you know knew without a doubt that he existed for christ his rights were uh the, the rights of christ only it was all about the lord because what the lord's done for him and then the also the other thing is that the slave served his master and he existed 
only for the, the purpose of, of serving. He was at the, the, the master's uh, disposal. Whatever uh, uh, the Lord had for him, that's what he was, was going to do. He lived to serve Christ. That was his job. That's what he wanted to do. That's what he knew he should do because of what was, was done. And um, the also another thing, the slaves uh, will, and that's something that, that, uh, that, that gets a little tricky too. The slaves will belong to his master. Um, it's all about doing what the Lord wants. Um, part of your salvation, what takes place is you believe, mm. and then you do what? You repent. Repent. Yeah. Yeah. And so you were you're you were turning over your ways, giving it all to him. It's about him now, yep. not about you. Um, and so it's changing, trading your will for for his will. Um, and so Paul belonged to Christ. Um, and he knew that it was no longer him about him, but about about Christ. And um, the the last thing. And I think we can say is kind of just expounding on what you said earlier, is that being a slave uh, may look be looked down upon and something that you. But you're a slave to something. Oh yeah, slave oh, to yeah. sin or slave to Christ. Yeah. Like yeah. What were we slaves, you know, at, uh, uh, of before Christ? Alcohol. Yeah. I mean, having a good time, doing whatever you wanted. To, yeah. I mean, not thinking about, I mean, morally you thought about other people, I guess, but but really inside, I mean, you you was going to do what you wanted to do and however you wanted to do it, drinking, partying, whatever, whatever it may be. Yeah, and I guess before I was saved, it was, like the mindset was, well, what does, you know, what could Christ do for me? But after in Christ, after I know, like, the price that I was bought for, what can I do? What can I do for the kingdom? What can I do for the Lord? Right. How can, uh, how can I help him? Right. He doesn't need my help, really, but it's... Well, it says, it says that, you know, for... For for it to be shared, you know, you have to go out and speak it, you know. So you're, yeah. you know, in yeah. a sense, helping. Right. But but he already picks and knows who who's going to come to him because he's already fore, foreseen it. Yeah. But us, we just we're just we're just part of the part of the equation in there. <clears throat> yep. So the now that we are in Christ. And we know that we are a slave to Christ, that we are a servant of his. We're owned by him. He possesses us now. It's no longer I who lives, but, but Christ in me. Um, we now know that um, we have a great honor and a privilege to be able to, to say that. Yeah. Uh, not everybody can. Uh, they might say, well, you're a coward if you're a, a slave of Christ Jesus. Well, you're a slave of something uh, to someone. So we know that. So what the last kind of thing that you see there that I think is important, and you mentioned it, and we'll expound upon it just a little bit, is the, the fact that he knew 
that he had the highest and the most honored uh, profession in in the world. Uh, to be able to say that I am owned and possessed by the Lord. I am a servant of God. It's a a title that in re- in reality is probably of the most honor ever to be able to to say that out of our mouths that that I I'm a believer that I love Jesus Christ because of what he has done for me and I am a slave to him and we can say that and while we say that it doesn't make us in any any way a, a, a coward or a, a less than or less of a man uh, I think it's something that makes us um, I would say uh, understand you know our, our purpose a little bit more when we when we say that that we can boldly say that and know uh, our reason for existence like we're here uh, to, to glorify him uh, with all that we that we got it is a a position of of great honor to be able to to be able to say that that we belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You look throughout Scripture. Um, you look in James one, verse one. Uh, if you look in Jude one, because there's only one. It's just it's it's Jude one one <laughs> right. Um, so when you look that up. Uh, you look up Romans uh, 1, 1, uh, Philippians 1, 1, Titus 1, 1. James says it. Jude says it. Paul said it, and then he said it, and then he said it. David said it in Second Samuel. David said it in Psalms. Joshua said it in Joshua 24. Moses said it in Deuteronomy 34. Um, the prophets, Amos said it, Jeremiah said it, and us as Christians, as as believers, uh, we are said to be slaves of Jesus Christ. It's a a great honor and a great privilege to say that the Most High has bought us with a high price, and we have the ability, the opportunity, and the great privilege to, to live our life for him. And boldly proclaim the name of Christ. And he's allowed us to do it all together, and you which know, is amazing. Yep. And we do slack, I will say. There's <coughs> certain places, you know, I, I personally could do more and share more. And, uh, you know, that's something I'm working on. Uh, you know, with my business and everything, I try to uh, glorify God and share Christ where I can. But, you know, there are certain times I, you know, I know I should have and didn't. And uh, one thing, <laughs> this guy, he used to, uh, I guess he learned it from you, Dustin, like being in the checkout line. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And I would freeze up, like, 
on the spot. Like, I didn't know what to do. I'd, like, choke up, and I'd, like, turn red in the face and just start sweating like crazy at the cash register. But I'll let, uh, I'll let Dustin share this one. So you go with somebody to eat, and... Or, or checkout line. Or checkout, or whatever it may be. Um, and while you're talking to them, you know, introduce yourself, and you you do all the talking. So while me and you would go out, I would say, hey, how are you? And I'd introduce myself to somebody. I'm like, Dustin, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Or, hey, how's your day going? You know, and just kind of create Sm- the conversation. Small talking. Yeah, and then you'll be sitting beside me, and you'll be just kind of, quiet right because i'm talking and then right before i leave i say thank you hey the per uh, this man right here beside you has the greatest news in the world that he wants to tell you about and then you walk off (laughs) yeah and yeah it happened to me a couple of times and is that that why y'all quit going out to eat with us on sundays after church (laughs) Hey, I do not. I like if we're at the gas station, I stay in the truck. <laughs> I wait until they come out because, like, I will even prepare myself for what I have to, you know, what I'm going to say. And I'd be writing notes in your head. Yeah. Well, God did it to me. So why not do it? To me? Why, no, why not what, pass the torch? That's right. Um, the church needs more people like this, right? Yeah. Absolutely. We need we need a bunch of people that are that are not, you know, ashamed to to say that I exist to glorify God. With that comes a, a lot of of difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, with that comes, um, it, you know, with that comes a lot of of of, of us coming to the, you know, that continuously coming to the end of ourselves and just not knowing and saying to ourselves, hey, it's not about me. This is about, it's about him. Um, look, I want to do what I mean like uh, hobby-wise way more than, than I personally in my, you know, just, just being real and honest. Like I, I, w- I would – I'd hunt almost every day of the week if I could. You know, I would I would fish every day if I could. I would I would do a lot of things differently in my life, but you know, the, the Galatians 5 says the spirit and the flesh are constantly at war with one another. And so you're you're you I have to constantly understand and remember like I this is why I exist. It ain't to to live however I want to and and to do whatever I want to when I want to. It's not about me anymore. You know, this is all about him, and I exist for him, to glorify him, to honor him, to praise him, to make him known, to, to, be, a, to, to, to be a difference, you know. And, and I'm, not, I'm not called, and none of us are called to look like the world. Exactly. And, you know, in Scripture where it talks about, like, the battle between uh, flesh and the spirit, I mean, that's very true. Um, and... You know, to be around good, godly friends is what really, uh, you know, can help with that. Because by yourself, I mean, it's it is tough. I tried it, um, and I will say, uh, as far as like our hobbies and stuff, like I try to, you know, find a way to, you know, glorify God through, you know, things I love to do, uh, like. Uh, Trying to think. Remember, we went crappie fishing, and we took a youth kid, and you know, I don't think we 
I feel like we should have shared Christ a little more with him, but we were wearing fish out. Yeah. Well, um, you got to also, so. Uh, but just that mindset, you know, yeah. just thinking like, you know. Well, he's set up in our church. You know, he's been going to, right. to youth group. He's hearing the gospel every week. Yeah. He's going to sitting in Sunday service here in the gospel every week. And he goes fishing with us. We're not drinking. We're not cussing. We're not talking filthy. We're not but, doing things that we shouldn't be doing. We're catching fish. And, and living it out. Like how you act away from church and everything else. I think I think how, how you live your life says a lot more than what you can say, uh, you know. Yeah. Th- yeah. So. So, I mean, that's part of, you know, being fruitful is just letting people see Christ in you. Oh, yeah. That's part of growing in your salvation to go with it too so finishing up here was we're we're, we're deep in this thing and we're not we're in the oh, first yeah. verse we're so half, i'm sorry halfway through the first this, verse this is probably the last time y'all are gonna ask me to no, why no man. i'm not sure you've really come out of your shell by the end of this yeah and luke's just sitting over here just kind of quiet <laughs> see hey, see what i'm telling you hey jacob am i talking too much no, no jacob's fine. still in the show yeah he is um all right, so uh, we're he's saying he's a, he's a servant, him and Timothy, servants of of Christ Jesus, to all the saints. That's important in Christ in in Christ Jesus. So he's a servant, and he's writing to all the saints, which are all the believers. Correct. So it's important there. It is. Why? Because uh, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> so you once were a, I once was not a believer, a sinner, a and sinner. You're yeah. no longer a. You still sin. You still sin, but you're no longer in in the Lord's eyes, no longer a sinner. You are a saint. Saint. That's Which. important, man. That you view yourself that way, you know. Um, which is saint also, being what? Go ahead. A believer, but I was going to say like. We're saints who continue to sin, but sin doesn't control have control over our life. Yeah, like it used to. You right. could you could say you're not sinless. You sin less. That's right. There you go. That is one hundred percent factual. So you have to understand because a lot of people live from this defeated point or place, um, and and you have to understand that the Lord views you. You know, again, he's bought you with a high price. You now are, are living for him, honor, you know, to, living to praise him, living to, to glorify him, and for you to walk around your whole entire life being a, I'm just a lousy old, uh, ragged, no good sinner. Well, maybe you are, and you still sin, and you still mess up, and you still fall short. We understand that, but living from that place is living from a place of, of not understanding all that Christ has done for you. You have the ability now to go and to continue living and not sin um, uh, as much as you. I would say you have the ability not to, but we know that we still fall short because we still sin. But we, we know that we are to, to live with the power of the Holy Spirit indwelling in us. Now we can live a life and, and flee from it. And we, ha- we have the ability to overcome things that we once did not have the ability to overcome. So now that we are in Christ, we are called um, saints. He looks at, us, looks at us that way, sanctified, being holy, which holy means being set apart. 
Um, and so, and all, all this goes back to what we were just discussing, how you hang around people and who are in church and whatnot, not trying to do things on your own. And it does cause, I mean, you gain new friends out of it. You gain new goals, new aspirations yeah. of how you want to live your life. Your whole lifestyle changes. The Lord is going to take care of his people. Yes, 100%. So here's a question. Do you reach, when do you actually reach the, the ability to be able to be called a saint? Like truly? Like yeah. complete? No, yeah, like when... In glory? No, so yes, obviously, but like let's let's say we look at this as when if I was to say, Luke, you're a saint, man. You what would you tell me? No, nah, man, I mess up every day. Well, what if I told you that, Jacob? What would you say? Uh, who would you hear that from? <laughs> and what if I said the Bible? The Bible teaches us that we're we're not we're not viewed as that we're viewed as 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 saints meaning that we are in a sense set apart and we are um we are are, are the ones that again that was bought from by the, by the lord uh it refers to this this word saint being sanctified or being holy ones that the lord has set apart for you know for himself to, to be to to use so every believer who has actually trusted Jesus Christ as his Savior is separated from the world and set apart then to live for God. That's what takes place. Yeah. So it, it is not in any way uh, a, a, a group of people or a person who has reached a level of actual uh, a great spiritual maturity. And once you reach this, because where's that level at? You know, like who? who you at level thirty-five? Yeah, on, like on. I'm almost there. <laughs> no, that's not how. Like that's not how this this works. The Lord uh, calls you, uh, and when you believe and trust Him for salvation, you are considered a a saint, and and you are um, ones set apart for Him to be used. You know, by Him. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sanctification. Sanctification. But, like, before I would have never, before learning and growing, I would have never thought in that type of process. You know, I wouldn't, you say saint, and I'm like thinking that's somebody that's that's more perfect. You know what I mean? And, and it's not because you still sin. Mm. And we all, but, I mean, the three of us still have a lot of learning to do. Um, I mean, I don't know how good y'all did in school. I wasn't the greatest, so it takes me a little while to, uh, you know, learn. But Learn the colors red and purple and all that <laughs> good stuff. Hmm. <laughs> so, um, obviously, there's a, there's a, there is, once you have become a saint, which takes place at your salvation, there is a, a way that the Lord does work, work your, work the you out of you, and 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 sanctifies you, uh, and uses His Word to to change you, sculpt you, mold you into uh, the image of Christ. It's obviously a a, a something that, that takes place throughout uh, your life. Um, you know, Philippians. We'll get to that in I guess next uh, 
year. <laughs> so yeah. at this rate, um, I do have a I do have a quick question. So, you know, the definition of Christian. What is the definition of Christian? It's to be Christ-like. It's Christ-like. Like Christ-like. Christ follower. Like, you know, ask yourself: Are you calling yourself, you know, a Christian? Are, you mean it like, you know, I am a slave to Christ. You know, I live my life for the Lord. Yeah. Are you doing that on a day-to-day process? I do my very best. That's right. Yep, so um, the Lord, like I said, the Lord's just continuously doing that. Taking, you become a saint and you are, are, are becoming you know, more and more like Christ. So you're working out that salvation. You see that in Philippians 2, around, you know, around 12, where that takes place. Uh, so um, understand that, you know, for us is that, that people who are, who are a believer in Christ uh, is, a, is considered a, a saint. Um, and he says here, who are at Philippi with the overseers and deacon, which is the pastors and the deacons. And he says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he's He's um, obviously, I mean, we didn't get too far. We got two verses, and we got to kind of close this thing um, thing up. Like I said, we didn't do 11 verses, which I, I knew we wasn't going to do 11 verses because we'd be here for three hours if we tried to get through all this. So we'll be in three uh, to, to 11, you know, next week. So we just, we, we understand what's taking place. This is his greeting. He's, he's saying who he is. He's saying who he's writing to. Um, obviously, all the people that he is writing to should also be a servant, and he should also be a saint, right? So we know that that this what he's writing, how he's talking through this servant saint, um, is is just applying uh, um, applying this to uh, the life of a believer. And he's writing again, like I said, to the to all the people there in the church, then the people that are um, the, you know the 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 deacons, which um, is a servant. Uh, if you look that up in the, in the Greek, diakonos means servant. Um, and then overseers, bishop, is what it kind of um, goes to. and Or, you know, just like a pastor, an elder. Um, so he op- opens that greeting, really just talking to them and, and thanking them, saying, hey, grace to you and peace from God, our Father, Lord Jesus Christ. So he's, and he's just thankful. Uh, the next thing that we go into next week is obviously Thanksgiving and prayer of what he, how he is thanking God for all that they have done. But just kind of going through that, um, what do you think are, you know, just a, the, the the main point that we that we can see through this these two verses? Obviously, we're going to try to have a main point of of one through eleven. But I think we've observed the text pretty well today, um, set up context and all of that. Uh, what, what do you what would you say there? You know, kind of our our main point that we need to see here in the in the scripture um uh in in one uh, one and two paul you know <laughs> paul and timothy just you know and and you know they already know who he is but just saying like hey i am you know a servant of christ or we are and uh writing to god's holy people um and just, you know, may God our Father and Jesus Christ have grace and peace, you know, on you. And uh, I, me personally, I think I should uh, be more like that, I guess, towards other people and other followers and stuff, being more, you know, uh, 
uplifting and just praying more for for other people. Words of encouragement go a yeah. long way. Yeah. So, you know, just I kind of the, you know, main point of that whole text, I would say, I mean, really, we see what he's saying in two, but really uh, in, in one is um, Paul and Timothy are in Christ Jesus and are serving Christ Jesus. Why you got to always take my lines? Were you fixing to say that exactly? I was pretty close. As, as mine was just as a, as a whole in general is we're here to serve Christ Jesus and not to be served by yeah. Christ Jesus. Well, that's, that's different, but that's good. You yeah. know, that's a good observation of the, of the text there, Luke. I'm sorry if I just don't like dead periods here and, and, you know, I'm trying to make sure everybody's talking and, you know, this thing's yeah. moving on. We, we can have You're notes. You're good. What? We can have notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was told not to ask any random questions, then you asked a random question. No, you asked, you, you, you hit me on something I ain't ready for. I'm like, I, I didn't study for that test, Luke. Uh, what about some application, man? I, I think there's a lot here for us to, to, to look at, you know, as far as, you know, trying to apply this to our, our lives. Uh, you got anything? Man, I think uh, going out, sharing the gospel, sharing what Jesus has done, I mean, just serving, giving him all the glory for everything that, that we do and everywhere we go, I mean, it's all because of him that we're in this spot right now, you know, and um, and doing our best to 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 serve him honorably with dignity. And uh, what about you, Jacob? You know, it. I guess to really serve. I mean, look what Paul went through. You know, with his, with him serving Christ, you know, what what do I have to lose, to, uh, you know, serve the Lord further, and then, um, you know, uplift others and support others, um, other believers, especially those who are are really serious about it. Yeah, because that's what he's talking to. He's talking to a church that's that's doing well. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously they got problems, they got issues. He always addresses some issues. He compliments sandwiches yeah. people, and, and he started this letter off better than some yeah. uh, epistles. So, yeah, yeah, and I and I agree with you on that. You know, just uh, thinking through that, man, what a price that was paid for my salvation. Don't I owe it all to him? Yeah. You know, don't I need to serve him with all that I got? Don't, doesn't this need to be my main focus in life? Doesn't this need to be my main goal in life? All these other things that, that matter, you know, we obviously call this thing on the hunt, and we want it to be about hunting, and, but really the purpose of it was not to be about just hunting. The reason why I said that is because we're, we're, we're wanting to search the Scriptures, and we want to find yeah. the truth. We're on the hunt for that. We're, we're on the hunt for other people that we can pour our lives into and to disciple, but on, on the hunt also for, for opportunities that we can share the gospel with people. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of the, the mindset behind that is is really living a life that is that is sacrificial, that uh, is not about us, and it's about Him. And so just kind of um, you know just dealing with uh, every year during duck season, every year during deer season, every year during um, uh, fishing season, and tur- whenever the fish are biting and the turkeys are gobbling and the deer are rutting and the ducks are here, mm-hmm. I. 
have to deal with myself, just to be honest, because I know that what God has has is, is has for me is far greater than what you know the world has for me, and uh, I struggle with that sometimes. Talked to Fallon about it, and she. You know, she told me that last night we were talking and I was studying and I was like, I need to be out doing stuff. I need to be out more. She's like, look, it's a lot more important for you to be in here in the word than you to be out there trying to, you know, in a, in, to work because I was talking about working, you know, and she's like, because this is my job, you know, to study and, and make sure that I teach, that I teach well. So, you know, just, just going through that, thinking about that, the importance of, of really understanding all that Christ has done, because people don't get it, man. They don't want to serve the Lord. They, I mean, they're they're serving the Lord that is is the extent of of them showing up on Sunday to a church service and and then and then checking that off and then coming back next week. That that they're they're good, you know. And, and in, re, in reality, that whole entire time in between, what they do for the Lord, you know, what what how was the Lord honored, glorified, what fruit did they have in their life, you know, we have to think about that. Yeah, and uh, I will say the joy and peace by serving the lord is far greater than things that you may like i love to hunt i love to fish but that joy that i get you know from the lord by serving him is for far far greater than the things i want to do um and then uh just i'd like to add like um you know the excitement to spend time with other brothers and sisters in Christ, like that, that, oh yeah, that happiness and that uh, <laughs> greatness to, like, oh, you're you're a servant too, me too, you know. I told my wife last night, I, you know, Wednesday night was canceled, and I was like, man, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like, I don't know if I can make it through the rest of the week. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. The other, <clears throat> the other thing is um, that that just looking at ourselves as a, is not. Um, yes, we need to look at ourselves and, and that knowing that we are sinners, knowing that we fall short. Uh, we we get that. Yeah. But the way that the Lord views us, um, you know, if we look through uh, Romans eight, he talks in a past tense and he says those that he has, you know, justified. You know, he he sanctifies, sanctifies, he'll glorified. And, he, and it's all IED, you know, I'd like it's already done. It's in his eyes that he is already, you're, you are, in a sense, um, what, what has taken place in your salvation is way bigger and larger than what we see. You know, we, we think the Lord saved us, and he did, and that's, a, that's an awesome thing, but we still remain um, in, in a defeated state where we, if you, if you constantly look at yourself, as that yes we understand we are we we sin um and it's hard not to call ourselves sinners because we do sin but understand that we have the ability now with the power of the holy spirit to see sin and when we're it's in front of us that we can turn from it now because of uh the, the work of of jesus christ in our lives and he views us as saints not this ragged no good you know we're we're a, a son or a daughter uh, of the of, of the most high you know and he's bought us with a, with a high price and and so living your life from that 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 view understand all he's done allows you to in a sense to be more um, excited uh, about what God has done for you and 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 be more passionate you know about it but understanding all he's done you know for you 
So I think there's a lot. Obviously, we can go on and on about what what the Lord's done for us and, and what all that means. But um, but I think that we've summed it up, man. You got anything else? So. No, we don't lie to the listeners. We're talking about an hour. Yeah, we're, we're an hour and a half in. We're about <laughs> about like Dustin's sermons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, hey, thanks for tuning in. Jacob's going to pray us out, and we will um, we will uh, catch y'all next week. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to come together and go over your word. Um, thank you for calling on us and making us saints. Uh, we're thankful for everything you've done. Uh, just pray for everyone's safety and uh, just pray that we can glorify you further, Lord. Thank you for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Catch y'all next week. We'll be going through Philippians 1, 3. We might get to 4. 3 through 11. <laughs> God bless y'all.